Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Bees do it. Even educated fleas do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love. <laughs> you like my nose? Your trumpet. Your nose trumpet. <laughs> Chickstree, everybody. Why do I always need to sing it? Da-na-na-na-na-na. Oh, what's that? I don't know. Why did I come up with that? I don't know. Uh, we don't know why we do the things we do. We just do them. Why do we do the things we do? We do just do them. We just do them. How's um, everybody's week been? How is everybody? I know you can't answer us, but you could if you just send us a DM or send us a little message on the Instagrams. Go on, do it, any, do it. Have we had any DMs this week about the riddle? We haven't had any more DMs about That's your right. riddle. So I think we're just going to put it to bed, okay? Yeah. We're just going to say, we don't know. We don't know. You know, and you've... And you've You've listened and you've come up with something and you know, think you know. Yeah, but let you don't. us know. Let me just tell you one more time though. A riddle oh is like a cryptic. Here we go. <laughs> if you explain to me one more just bloody mansplain. I need to mansplain. I'm gonna you are someone else, my someone friend. Else. Now, um you in have... Sydney this week. I have been in Sydney this week. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I saw my friends. I saw my little godson and his new little eight-month-old brother that I haven't met either because of the COVID. Mm. So I was able to go to Sydney and spend time with, uh, yeah, with those guys, which was amazing. It rained the whole time I was there because uh, New South Wales has just gone through an awful natural disaster Mm, really the have. floods absolutely horrible if you're listening from any of those areas uh i hope you're doing okay and we're thinking yeah, of you we are thinking of you unbelievable last I mean, year bushfires this year floods and covid there's no, there's no climate but there's no climate change there's no climate change there's no yeah come on it's all made there's up. no global warming i don't know what come you guys on. are even talking about I just saw an article about the mice. Oh, you shared that. Of mice that are of biblical proportions. There are that many. They're actually saying that the floods are going to help because they're going to kill the mice. Really? Yeah, they're going to drown them all. Where? I saw that photo that you posted. That's in the group. Per night. Per night. But, but, but. They find those, that, that many. Where, 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 where? Where uh, is that a, from? A farm in New South Wales. Because it, it's in a pool catcher. Um, it's in, look, it looks like it's a pool scraper. And so have they come out of the pool? No, I mean, not. they wouldn't have come out of the pool because there'd be no pool. The whole land is a pool. Yeah. So they've just used a pool scraper to scrape them off the top of the floodwaters. 
Yeah, it, it's 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 but yuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 but yuck. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about something that's kind of uh, not controversial, but I'm just interested to get your thoughts on it. My friend that I stayed with uh, is into the air fryer. And I know that we talked about this last, last week, week and you said, I just can't do the air fryer. And I said, yeah, that would be pretty dangerous. I want to do the air fryer. Let's please preface that say, I want to do the air fryer, but I've, yes, it's yes. not air frying anything. Apparently there's just as much bad food, if not more, that you can put in the air put fryer. Put in the air fryer. So she, she has kids, which I get is really handy because she pops in, you know, the, some fish, you know, does the veggies in there, bakes the um, sweet potato, 10 minutes, boom, done which was amazing. But I felt like it was so funny being with her. I felt like I was in just a constant um, TV commercial, infomercial. Um, infomercial because she just, every night she'd get it out and she'd be like, and you know what else the air fryer can do? Well, watch this. And she would cook, <laughs> she would cook these things up in like 10 minutes. And I'd be like, that is amazing. Like, literally amazing like you were the host sausages yeah and she's like you're not gonna believe it what you're... we can put in this yeah yeah but wait but wait There's but wait more. we'll pop it in the air fryer and i was just i'm blown away i want one i want one there well, i said it i don't know where you're gonna put it because that's the one thing everyone says if you've yes. got space for yeah. it have it if you... if you want to have another appliance take up room exactly. on your bench, then <laughs> go for it. But yeah. you don't, I mean, maybe, I think your new kitchen when you're moving is smaller than your current kitchen. I am I correct? It. I think it is. I am going to buy a kitchen island though, which will give me another bench. How's your week been? Yeah, my week's been actually um, really boring without you here. Um, you, you know, just meeting you at the concert of park. a lifetime though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, it hasn't been boring at all. I don't need you here. <laughs> um, I went to the Michael Gudinski mm. Memorial Concert at Rod Labour Arena, um, which was the first concert that it's had since the pandemic. So that was very poignant because Michael Gudinski apparently would have loved that it was about him at the first concert back. And it had Ed Sheeran and Kylie Minogue and Jimmy Barnes. I can't believe all those people were there in the flesh. In the flesh. And they sounded amazing. Like, um, you know, I haven't been to a concert actually in a really long time, simply because I don't like crowds and I don't Mm. like concerts like that. I like intimate jazz bars and stuff like that. But um, you really... I really forgot just how good something sounds yes. with that many speakers. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. how crisp yeah. you can hear yeah. a voice? Yes. Um, and how good these professionals are at what they do. Yeah. You know, how they work a microphone, how they work their voices. How mm-hmm. It was just interesting to watch that. The um, Mark Seymour, throw mm. your arms around me with Vicky and Linda, harmonizing in pure perfection was mm. incredible it was all really good yeah when i was working for uh bfm which was festival bmg festival mushroom records when i first started my career in 
1998 or 1999, Mark Seymour had released a new album on his own away from Hunters and Collectors and he came into the office to promote his album and I am so in love with that song, Throw Your Arms Around Me, and it's one of my favourite songs of all time. Did you start singing it to him? No, but he, he was there to promote this new album and I felt really bad. And then he was like, oh, you know, does anyone else have any questions? And I went, I went can you sing? Um, just wondering, um, can you sing Throw Your Arms Around Me? And he did it and oh. in, in the boardroom just oh, with good. him and his guitar oh. and it was so amazing it's still today one of the best live music experiences i've had about 12 of us in a boardroom him stood at the front and us all standing around with a glass of wine and he just sang it and it was so good Mm. it was incredible Mm. that is incredible love that song that would be it is an amazing song it is a good song there is um apparently the version we got on um, Wednesday night was different. Mm. Apparently it's quite a sexist song. <laughs> and there was, you know, there's a lot of things obviously from back in the day that we look at now through a different lens and right. go, oh, throw funny. your arms around me. No, thank you. Yeah. Haven't consented yeah. to that. <laughs> haven't consent, haven't, haven't pushed consent on the app. Yes. Don't be throwing you. Don't tell me shit. Be throwing anything skin. around me. Thanks very much. <laughs> so yeah, there were. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that was interesting. Anyway, but um, what'd you watch uh, this week? Actually, I've just watched Maths this week. Yes. Um, which has caused quite the mm. anger bodies in me, mm. as you know, to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the the backlash to Bryce um, has been, you know, very warranted. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, there's also been a bit of a backlash to one of the other Brett. guys, Brett, Brett. that's mm-hmm. come on and he's he's been a slow burn misogynist. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I've, I watched some of Clementine's stories and I thought, because I didn't, I, I watched bits and pieces of it while I was in Sydney because the people I stay with, they not into it. I did make them one night to watch it, but oh, that must have been a shock for their eyeballs. They actually really, you know, it, it was actually. Do you know what? And this is just get back to Brit in a minute. But I think um, we were watching it, and the night I think that misogyny was explained. No, gaslighting, gaslighting was explained, and I thought, I thought, I wonder if they've done this on purpose, mm. and have they? have they really highlighted that to teach the Australian public all about Mm. gaslighting? Mm. Because it was almost text, like you said, it's textbook Mm. what you've just done. Mm. Well, yeah, they went to the gaslighting. Yes. But they didn't go Bruce, Bryce Bryce. about it. No, they didn't, did they? Even though he gaslights his girlfriend, what they did do was that pushed her to try to say how upset she is, even though off camera, to camera, not sorry, not off camera, off away from him to camera, she used the word terrified, afraid and scared Mm -hmm. so many times about why she won't tell him how she's really feeling. 
Yes. So they tried to get her to talk about that while she's on the lounge with her abuser. Yes. Yeah. No. And um, she didn't, of course. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he, when she said that makes me feel uncomfortable, which was the only thing was about him rating. Yes. Well, no, having a conversation about the girl he rated first for yes. best looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she said that makes me feel uncomfortable. And his response was, well, I don't think it does. They never picked him up on that. They never said, wait, wait, that's classic gaslighting Mm. right there. Mm. Mm. Perfect teachable moment and it didn't happen. Yeah. So that really frustrates me. They're probably just ticking a box then and going, well, we better call it out once. Yeah. But they could have really backed that shit up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And Brett, Brett's a slow burn because God, I'm disappointed. I thought, I really yeah. thought he was a he was a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, wasn't he? Yeah, I think you know from the first episode though, he did say all of his exes are crazy. That's a big red flag. Did he? For me. Oh, I didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah, right. it's like, mm, are they? Mm. Are they? Yeah, that's yeah. As soon as you hear a guy say that, you're like, mm. just to even slag off your ex in any way, I think yeah. is. No, red flag. One ex. Red flag for me. All your exes. Yeah. It's a red flag for me. It's a red flag for me. So, yeah, um, another interesting thing that happened this week um, was my good friend and soul sister, Angie Kent, um, had her one of her contestants from her season of The Bachelorette stand not trial stand. Uh, he, he was, um, this is, this was the counselor, mm-hmm. um, po- the political guy, um, from local council in the Noosa. His mm-hmm. name is Jess Glasgow. He was on her season and did some, um, really reprehensible behavior. Mm-hmm. And he was booted by her unceremoniously. Well, ceremoniously, it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. She gave mm-hmm. him a nice little speech and then kicked his ass out of there so two years later he has now um had to stand in front of the tribunal um and they have fined him five thousand dollars for um uncoming behavior or whatever it was you know that of of a councilman um and he's now gone out publicly uh stood on the street um and done his own little press conference (laughs) to say it was badly edited. Oh, These God, shows mate. do that. They've thrown me. He didn't say uh, they've thrown me under the bus. But what he did say was, so me saying that I would just go and kiss a girl is a bad thing? Like, how's that a bad thing? He's actually doubled down on what wow. he said. As wow. If they've made him look bad, look bad. And he's not looked bad. So, um and she sat on it actually for a week and we talked about it a lot. Mm. And mm. she was like, I really want to say something. And I said, say something. And she got the most beautiful responses from people, including men, Good. not a lot of men, but men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but mostly women who were like, yes, yes. This is so good that, you know, this morning she posted it. He, he sent her a message last night. And then blocked her so she couldn't respond. Oh. Now this this reply from him, not reply, this response Boiling. to her. Yeah. Her response this response to her 
post about him was I've apologized to you already and then went on to mansplain the problems of the world that she should really be um, focusing on. Oh, God. So I, she said to me, like what? Well, do you want me to read it? Carbon footprint. I'll tell you, yeah, this is, this is so fucking ridiculous. Um, this is what he said. Angie, I apologise accepting my behaviour was not right, childish and disrespectful. However, it was reality TV and everything is highlighted to the full extent. No excuses. I fucked up was there for a good time, not a long time. It will be the first and last. I have the utmost respect for women and my record before that God awful show is impeccable. Now move on with this. It's not doing you any favors. Look around you right now. The world is in absolute turmoil. Pandemic climate change with disjointed governments, wars, disjointed governments, and between the sexes, male and female, countries going at each other like it's a war in a sandpit between children. Energy crisis. What is our energy of the future? What? The many fractions that are in our community at present. Social isolation, teenage suicide is through the roof. Obesity, anxiety, depression, social media tearing down our children's well-being. Now, move in, unbecoming. I apologise. It will never happen again. And I've learnt from my mistakes. So she wrote, she posts this. Since he came onto my page, mansplaining the world's problem me and then blocking me so I don't get the opportunity to respond, here is my response, Mr. Glasgow. <laughs> Firstly, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Firstly, please don't tell me what to do. Secondly, this isn't just about you, Jess. This is about all men. Like I have stated a hundred times in my posts and stories, It's just that your case popped up and watching you there saying it was all in the edit made me sick because it wasn't. You made me uncomfortable. You made the crew uncomfortable. You even made the men feel uncomfortable. Thirdly, your record before the show was impeccable. Dude, stop lying. I've had at least 15 women speak of how poorly you have treated them and some of Some are much worse than just treated poorly. I don't need to go into detail because you know what you've done. It's not doing me any favours. Well, you don't have access to my mind, my inbox and the praise I receive from women for speaking our truth. You're not a woman, so you don't know how we feel. I actually never would have thought of it again. Had you not stood before media before the media and blamed the edit and also said, what's wrong with what I said? You had your chance to ask what is wrong with what you did on local television. So I am having my chance to respond. Lastly, please don't contact me again. I will do what I see fit with my profile. I said I accept your apology, but it doesn't mean I have to stay silent about it. You're even coming on here telling me how to handle a situation goes to show you haven't changed at all. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. 
Yes, and I Angie could not Kent. Be, yes. I could not be more proud of her oh. as a woman, as a clap, human. Clap, 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 Sammy. Sammy, Samantha, put the claps in there. Just so proud and inspired oh. of oh. my young sister friend. Good on her. Good on what her. A, and just, yes. Yes. She is just a powerhouse right now and I am here for all of it. Yeah, fantastic. And in this past two weeks, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've mm-hmm. watched Tracy Grimshaw ripping our Prime Minister a new asshole last night on a current affair. I didn't a current see affair. it. I didn't see You know what? Lee what? Sales has asked him to come on the 7.30 report mm-hmm. seven, eight times. And she keeps, she's just now starts putting up photos of an empty chair. We've asked our prime minister again. He's not here. Declined our invitation. So it was his fuck you to Lee Sales to go and sit with Tracy Grimshaw. Yeah. Yeah. Who he probably thought was going to go easy on him. You know, Mm -hmm. she works on a sensationalist current affairs show. Yeah, probably thought that. Mm -hmm. He, um, he got owned. By her. Really? I need to watch it. <laughs> you got to watch it. It's so good. Tracy okay. freaking Grimshaw. Love it. So, you know, there good are you, the Brittany Higgins and the Grace Thames mm. and mm. Uh, Bromwyn Bishop and um, Louise Milligan, who is now being sued by Christian Porter for defamation. And mm. all mm. of these women, Penny Wong this week. Yeah. Oh, just all of it. We are speaking and yep. there is a momentum happening. And oh, there's a lots. ripple. There's a there ripple. Is. It is like a little, yep. A, yep. A little yep. snowflake getting bigger falling. and bigger and bigger and it look is. out. Yeah, we are. We're, yeah. Just like Carol says in our episode, it's women who have to fix this shit, you know, and we're mm. just now stepping up again. We're just waking up again and going, enough, enough. Yes. Yeah. I'm exactly. tired. I've had enough. It's like, you know, the, um, the seal that has the babies playing all over it mm-hmm. and they just keep biting her and biting each other and she finally just goes, <laughs> they all go, get off me. That's enough. Oh, <laughs> speaking of Carol, we do have a guest coming up later on in the show. We it do. was such a good chat with Carol yeah. Ferrone from uh, Back in Time. For dinner, is that the full title? Back in time for dinner. Yeah, Can we yeah. Call well, it that here. I think the UK version's back in time for dinner. I think we just called ours back in time. I think the first season was back in time for dinner, but right. Okay. Anyway, she's coming up later on in the show. Let's listen to a little bit of it now. So just before then, the Attorney General actually passed a law that allowed women to serve in Parliament. She actually went up against him for his own seat. And beat him and oh. won. So the guy that kind of gave her the right to, <laughs> to do it to do it actually lost his seat to her. So again, what a sassy young woman. That's unreal. It was such a good chat, wasn't it? It was. We she really was, yeah. enjoyed it. She exact exactly what we what we love, the yeah. woman the women like her. Yes. The woman she speaks about. Yeah. And the chat that we have with each other. Yeah, it's great. So keep listening. Yeah. Uh, this week, we're going to do our new segment. Word up. Word up. 
And it's actually a word today. Where did the word come from? I don't know. Where did it come from? Was it over there or was it from over there? It's a word that we didn't know where it came from. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. This is it. Where did the word come from? Where did the word come from? Now you go. Where did the work come from? No, and then oh. you go, was it over there? Oh, okay. Was it? Okay. Where did the work come from? I don't know. Was it over there? <laughs> That's dreadful. Dreadful. Get okay. can sing. We should. You can sing, so. I know, but it's Please lock me. that shit in. Okay. Go. The word I'm going to talk about today is yep. a word that is very relevant for this last few, well, 100 years, even more than that, even actually, which we'll learn more than that. We're going to talk about the word misogyny. Oh, good word. And where, in fact, the word misogyny came from, which when I started looking into this, it's fascinating. Is it from a Latin term to misogy? <laughs> No, uh-huh. uh, it's actually from, it's taken from an ancient Greek word, meaning, literally meaning a hatred of women. Etymologically speaking, the word combines the Greek root for woman with the prefix miso, meaning hatred. Hmm. So it was Latin. But yeah. Back in the day, right back, we're talking, we're talking like, what are we talking? Greek ancient times, right? Yeah. Long, 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 long time ago. Yeah, we know how long it, yeah. Long, 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 long. It was actually used and viewed as a negative phrase and it was used to reject the hatred of women and it was... Um, calling it one of the three great diseases uh, or the dislike of something that is mm-hmm. actually good. So it was used alongside uh, and, and named as one of the three great diseases. The other two great diseases were the hatred of wine and the hatred of humanity. Absolutely. Those three things you should never hate. You should never hate. So that's how I it love was that origin- women yes. and humanity. A bookending wine. Yeah, wine. I know. They're like, don't hate women. Don't hate wine. While we're at it, don't hate humanity. I love it. Uh, but it was very conflicting. And so throughout, throughout the world, throughout time, it's always been philosophically contentious because um, it's swung people have used it and swung between the opposite of misogyny, which is actually phylogeny, phylogeny. Spell it. P-H-I-L-O-G-Y-N-Y. So it's the same as misogyny, but phylogeny. Is that so phil? To love women? Yeah, which is the love of women. I'm a phylogenist. I'm a phylogenist. We're going to start using that. Let's Let's get t-shirts made. Phylogenists. Phylogenists. We could go misogynists, cross it out, phylogenists. Phylogenists. Thumbs Thumbs up. up. 
Uh, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, the word entered English because of a play titled Sweatnam the Woman Hater, which was published <laughs> in 1620 in England. The play is a criticism of anti-woman writer Joseph Swetnam, who uh, in it is represented with the pseudonym Misogynus. The character of Misogynus is the origin of the term misogynous. Sorry, the, the character of misogynos is the origin of the term misogynist in English. So 16. The term was fairly rare until the mid-1970s when it entered the lexicon in the second wave of feminism. Mm -hmm. Now, it actually didn't garner worldwide attention, and I didn't know this, because of, um, in 19... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't actually know this, but it garnered worldwide attention in 2012. Do you know why? Why? Because of the suffragettes. 2012. Oh, sorry. Did I say 1912? <laughs> no, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, and you're thinking. You know. 2012, 2012, 2012. Mm. Obama. No, it was the viral video of the Australian Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, and her parliamentary address known as the misogyny speech. speech. Fuck yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yes. And that's what made it come back and be so popular is because of Julia Gillard's speech. I will not be lectured, lectured by, by that, that man. Since then, the Macquarie Dictionary has revised its definition and to better match the way, is, uh, the, way the word's being used uh, now than it has been previously. So the entry for misogyny now has two definitions and the, one of them is the hatred of women and one is the, equal, uh, the unequal treatment of women. And that is the word Misogyny. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, which we know you probably are, let's face it, um, can you do us a favour and subscribe? Mm. Review us? Mm. What else, Evie? Give us five stars. Oh, five stars, please. Thank you. Follow us on the Instagrams as well because um, when we remember, we do put updates there. We do. Chick Street as underscore well. podcast. That's it. And um, if you want to email us, you can. Mychickstreet at gmail.com. The end. So our guest today was born in Jersey, Channel Islands in the UK, which I've never heard of before, um, to Portuguese parents. She's a mother of three and has been married for 28 years. She's a business coach who specialises in branding, marketing and growth strategies for women in business. She coaches female entrepreneurs on trying to find the B word, balance, uh, when you run your own business and you also have to manage a family. But what most people will know her for and what we know her for is as a time traveller in her role as the matriarch of the hugely successful TV show Back in Time for Dinner and further Back in Time for Dinner on ABC. The show takes her and her family back in time through Australia's history from the 1900s all the way to the present and their home, clothing, lifestyle and food are all transformed to the period and they experience what life was like for an average Australian family. There's food, laughter and tears. 
But most importantly, they share their experience with some amazing, prominent Australian personalities. Welcome, Carol Farone. Yay. Yay. Thank you. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Oh, oh my goodness. We're really we glad to have you on. We are such a fa- um, such fans of the show. And Evie actually got me onto this show because she saw the UK one, was it? Yes. I was yeah, a big fan first. of the UK one. I've and met you- the UK mum, actually. Oh, how have you? Yeah, so um, end of 2019, just before we started filming season two, um, quick little story. Yeah. My daughters wanted to go to Melbourne in the school holidays. Instead, I booked us three tickets to London. <laughs> And um, I had actually been chatting with Rochelle, who's the original English back in time for dinner mum. Yeah. And we met with Rochelle and we had dinner and had such a great time sharing stories. And the funny thing was she actually has a very similar personality to me, except she can't cook and I can. (gasps) Oh, right. God, it must have been challenging for her then. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was really great. I was just telling Annie last week about the UK version and how Rochelle had to, when they were in the 80s, she was given a microwave and and an instruction booklet, not an instruction booklet, a cookbook. And she had to cook everything in the microwave, including an entire chicken and how bad everything she cooked was. I I cooked a turkey in our 80s version. Right. And um, I actually... Because it had to go in for an hour. Like, just yeah. think that piece of meat, how nuked it would be. I actually blew up the microwave and um, the director said, just keep going and run with yes. it. And I think I just yes. shoved it into the oven and it was this big kind of turkey mess. Oh. But um, there's an iconic line from that episode where um, I'm with my youngest daughter, Olivia, and she goes, ew, because I had to brush Vegemite on the outside of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. that's right, yeah. to make it look, yep. Yeah, and I said that, she goes, oh, that's disgusting. And I went, you are not the one with your hand up a turkey's butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go and watch that one again. Yes. Oh, yes. good. Unreal. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Well, we've got a few questions to ask you first. I'll ask sure. them just to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Um, quick fire questions. What's the last podcast that you've listened to? Well, apart from Chick Story, of course, oh, um, Mamma Mia Out Loud, which I um, I go jogging every morning and that's kind of my company. It's like hanging out with friends. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what's the last song you listen to? Oh, I mean, old school Madonna at the moment, <gasps> showing my age, but um, yeah, into the groove. It just takes me back to my blue light disco days. Yeah, blue light discos were the totally. best. Uh, and into the groove is my favourite Madonna song. So that's, that's really good. What's the last TV show you watched? Um, I binge watched Money Heist on Netflix, which I love. It's about this, you know, a bunch of misfit criminals yeah. that basically break into the, I think it's the Spanish bank or something. But they're all kind of these different personalities and you kind of watch it and you think, I know someone like each of them. Each one, yeah. Yeah, um, right. yeah and my friends tell me I'm like... Um, the girl in there. I think I think it's Rio. Mm. I can't remember, but um, she's kind of sassy and fun. So I'm awesome. Take that. Well, yeah. yeah, take it. Take <laughs> it. What's the last thing that gave you joy? You know what? I still get DMs and messages from you know from people on social media about 
how how much they loved the show, how much, um, you know, we helped them get through COVID last year, especially oh, yeah. in front of you know, Victorian fans. Yes. And I've got to tell you, that still brings me joy. Like, I, I love that. That's, awesome. that's really good. And, and so it should. And so you should be getting DMs. It's funny because people will still, will you'll get new people watching it. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, I've just started watching it, you know, and you'll get, yes. it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was the last thing that was a killjoy for you? I'm going to say all the very irate drivers on the roads last weekend during the, you know, the terrible rain that we had, you know, mm. you need to slow down. You need to be a bit patient. Yeah. And um, you know what? Just be chill. Just, yes. just be chill. Lives yeah. are at stake and it, exactly. it, it seems to be something that when people get behind a wheel, they really seem to forget so quickly how easily a life can be taken on the road. And road rage is one thing for me, Carol, that I've always been, I just can't do road rage. I'm, when I'm no. on the road, I won't do it. It's just, I can't be in a car with someone yelling at another person's like immediately. I'm like, you're putting my life at exactly. risk. It's, it's one exactly. thing that. Mm. People seem to be the nicest people and then they get in a car and they start swearing and yelling at people. I'm like, who are you? Entitled. You become entitled. Like, how dare you pull out in front of me? How dare you? Yeah, where yeah, it's like social it's like chill. People on a um it's like the people on now, which now people on a keyboard, you know, it's like the Oh I about that. (laughs) But it's funny because you can be the nicest too bad yeah but yeah, um yeah. look look I, i'll say about 10 percent of the comments that we received are negative it, it's it is minimal mm. and you know we're all pretty thick-skinned when you get personal about one of my children yeah it's a different story you know and come out but you know it's mostly good um there was a carol for prime minister um yes. trend which That's I don't bad. want that job, but like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, a few, a few marriage proposals for Sienna. And again, no, she's, <laughs> but, you um, know, yeah. um, Carol, it's funny, like you saying Carol for prime minister and you don't want the job. How I remember seeing a meme or oh, a tweet that someone said, you know, can we, like I just said earlier when we were chatting beforehand, can we just clone Jacinda Arden? Yes. And, I I remember seeing this tweet that said, you know, all these people saying we need women like Jacinda Ardern in government. Um, The women, women don't want these jobs, but there are Mm. some that do vote them in. You've got your own Jacinda Ardens. You've just got to find them. Um, But unfortunately, like you, there's a lot of people who, women who are like, I don't want that job. Yeah. yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> so um i just wanted to also mention that you you had a guest on your show um yes. which is kind of we started i think which is when we sort of first dm'd mm. you and fangirled you because you had a guest on um it was a relative of one of um our stories we told us sto- the story of isabel yes. flick and oh. um, we featured her on our podcast now you had on joseph flick who i believe is her nephew yes i you know what ladies i it it easily took me a good six months to be able to tell that story without choking up uh, we, oh we, we were the same we were both bawling it was that, yeah that man honestly 
changed mm. my life. Yeah. And I know that's such yeah. a cliche thing to say. No. Yes. He has, he's kind of given me this yearning to find out more about our Indigenous culture. And, mm. Mm. you know, I, I was like most, you know, Australian people where, you know, you think 1788 is where it all started. You know, that's yeah. what we taught at school. And I actually came yeah. to Australia when I was eight years old from the UK. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, this naivety that, hold on, for 60,000 years before us, there were these amazing people taking care of the land, taking care of each other. And we, look, I don't want to get into any politics, obviously, yes. but, you know, fast forward to that story and, you know, knowing that obviously my son Julian did not actually go to war, but to give you an insight into that, you know, when you're talking about it and living and breathing it for 24 hours for an entire week, I really tried to put my mindset into that of a mother of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was so upset about him leaving. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, Joseph was telling us this story about how his grandfather, you know, these young Aboriginal men lied on the application forms so they could go thinking that, you know, if we fight for our country, we're going to prove our worth. And, mm. you know, as a woman or as, you know, we are women and we live in a society where we're constantly having to prove our mm. worth, imagine how bad it is back then yeah. Yeah. that you have to go to war and yeah. then to not be able to walk in a march yeah. or yeah. have a beer. That have a beer. Yeah. You can't even go in and order your own fucking beer. But yeah. that... Broke, I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you guys saw a five-minute scene. That was a two-hour, um, oh. a two-hour dinner that I literally ugly cried through. Yeah. Like we are talking snot. Yeah. And when yeah. he left, I, you know, I gave him a hug and you know, just thank you, thank you yeah. for yeah. sharing that. And yeah. like I just, I say this to my children and to anyone who will listen. I will treat you differently if you are bad to me, you know, yeah. if you don't treat me the right way. But the colour of your skin, your faith, where you were born, where you live is completely irrelevant to yeah. me. That yeah. I, you know, I'm so fortunate to have friends of different nationalities and faiths and I just, I just cannot comprehend that and I'm so glad that our children aren't growing mm. up in that yeah. time like where you're different mm. so mm. Yeah. yeah it was truly heartbreaking yeah scene, it was truly but... heartbreaking I yeah. remember watching it and also ugly crying and yeah. the thing that really got me I think was just watching your kids yeah. react to that that's what I was gonna say yeah. He, yeah I'm tearing up now thinking about it because his face was yeah. just he just yeah. couldn't believe it he just yeah. could not comprehend it you know and um anyway it is it's it yeah. gets me really emotional i just remember the emotion in that scene me it's like too. oh god it was very good to be seen and that people can yeah. still see that you know because what you had was two hours we only have you know two minutes yeah. of it but yeah. it's it's amazing because you know people like joe and mick it is not their job to educate us but 
for them to tell us those stories and have us educated like that through yeah. listening to them for the first yeah. time, yeah. That, you know, finally they're speaking and we are listening. And it's so incredible that we get to put that on TV and mm. see white people just listening and being affected emotionally yeah. by their stories. And yeah, I think it's incredibly important. Yeah. And I think because of the episode, we felt so connected to that story yeah. as well. Yeah. And actually seeing. Because we got a shock, didn't we? When we, we were, were like, like, oh, yeah. Oh and God. it was just. That's Isabel's. Yeah. Nephew. Yeah. yeah. That, like, we just did her. This is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we also. Um, because we, I con, I actually contacted a family mm, member, remember. maybe a, a Stephanie, wasn't it? Yeah, a great grandchild, or yeah, yeah. and had had um, messaged her on Facebook asking permission to tell her story because yeah. we just yes. wanted to make sure that we did it in a right way, the right way, and it was respectful. And she said that she went away and asked her family and her uncles that you know, is this okay? Yeah. And they, she came back just so grateful that we were telling this story, and just. Yeah, just and then that really got us as well. I was like, oh, this really what we're doing is so important, and yeah. it felt, you know, yeah, it just felt really, really special. Because there was a whole so, book, yeah, about she's written, about, yeah, okay. and is, you know, it's got so much about Mick in it. So yes. that even though we were doing the story about Isabel, it was there was so much story of Mick in the in there that yeah. you know we had to include. Um, and normally we don't really because it's, you know, about a woman, it's about women. Yes. But um, Mick's story was so incredible, incredibly important to her story. So, um, you know, and she's written this amazing book that who's read it? You know, we've yeah. got to get, try to get that out there that to read these incredible Indigenous stories. Mm. Yeah. There's so mm. many There's of so them. so many. And for me, like I, I actually, because our show is part of the Department of Education program now, so, mm. and I actually do school visits and I do that off my own bat. It's nothing to do with the ABC or, you know, I have hundreds of teachers that reach out to me and it's like if you're interstate we can zoom with the class if it's in sydney and i go along and that's probably one of the top um, stories that these primary and high school students are talking to me about and i just that's so good look someone needs to give me a show where i just explore these indigenous stories mm -hmm. and i would be i would Amazing. die happy because it's yeah. just ignited this we would work and, um, I, I just, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So tell us all about your chicken history, who it is and all about her. Okay. Well, I, um, I kind of thought about this a lot because there are so many amazing, you know, women throughout history, but I did want to, um, talk about somebody that we, we touched on, on the show. Right. So in our 1920s episode, um, it was actually, um, the date was in March 1921. I actually hosted a morning tea with Annabelle Crabb, two of my best girlfriends, and Julie Bishop. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually not going to talk about Julie, um, even though I have a lot of respect. She's done amazing things. But we actually talked about a lady called Edith Cowan. And Edith was the first lady or the first woman to be elected into parliament, which was a really big deal. Now, to backtrack um, a decade, in, um, in our 1900s episode, one of the first things we, we, we did or we talked about was how in 1899, women were granted the right to vote. 
Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I actually didn't think that was a big deal in the sense, okay, so we get to vote, that's great. But my daughter Sienna and I learnt that it was a huge deal mm. because pretty much when women got the vote and started voting in the people they, you know, that they thought were good, I guess, mm. living conditions for women basically changed overnight. So up yeah. until then, women, especially women of lower socioeconomic um, level and, you know, single mothers, for example, literally lived in squalor no sewage, um, the birth death rates were high, no clean, no clean water. Mm. Um, pretty much overnight, that changed. Yep. And, you know, my, our friend Edith, who is actually on the $50 note, I think she's been on the back of the $50 note since 1995 when the, the polymer notes, the plastic yes. notes mm -hmm. came in. Um, she kind of played an integral role in that. And, and changing the life of women and children. So a bit of her background. Yeah. So, and, and I guess why she became who she was and, you know, why she was so passionate about women and, and children. Edith was actually born in 1861 on a sheep farm in Glengarry. And she was the second child of Kenneth Brown and his first wife, Mary. Now, when Edith was seven, her mother died in childbirth. Mm. So her father was widowed and he actually went on to marry again. Um, it was actually the sister of one of the teachers at the boarding school that Edith attended to. But her life was kind of turned upside down as a teenager because her dad murdered his second wife. Yep. No way. And went to trial, their whole life was turned upside down and he was wow. hung. So he was what? Yes. Oh my yes. god. So he was a bit of a a bit of a devil himself. Yeah, um and <laughs> you know, Edith apparently was quite a solitary person or solitary young girl kept to herself. But because of you know the shooting of her her stepmother and yeah. how that affected her life, she, um, she kind of dedicated her life to social reforms and, you know, things that enhanced women's dignity and, and lifestyle and that sort of thing. And I guess she sort of, I can imagine her as this sassy young woman that said, you know, no man is going to be able to shoot his, his wife or, or treat a woman. Totally. Again. Wow. So, um, so, so, yeah, she kind of had a bit of a, a, a tough childhood and, mm. you know, teenage life. Um, so, yeah, she um, in, I think it was, oh, yeah, March the 12th, 1921, she was elected to Parliament, the first woman in Parliament. And hundred years ago. story about that, wow. um, you know, Julie Bishop actually shared with us. So just before then, the Attorney General actually passed a law that allowed women to serve in Parliament. She actually went up against him for his own seat and beat him and oh. won. So the guy that kind of gave her the right to, <laughs> to do it to do it actually lost his seat to her. So again, what a sassy young woman. That's unreal. Was. 
So. Yeah, to have to go, <laughs> to go up and you know and do yeah, that. Yeah. So um, but you I'll know, take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's over. No but wonder they hate us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know, if you think back to the nineteen. 20s which you know just after world war one um you know the 1920s really was a, a time of i guess getting things back on track and yeah. parties and fun and you mm -hmm. know okay women you can have your little entertainment parties but don't be thinking you can come in and you know change the world now and then along mm -hmm. comes edith you know mm -hmm. i can imagine she would have been ridiculed when she walked yeah. into that um yep to a sitting, you know, she would um, have been looked down upon and been belittled. And there would have been a yeah. lot of men that I suspect wouldn't have been very happy. Probably yeah. most of them wouldn't have been very happy at, um, you yeah. know, her. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And she only lasted one term, but she um, actually, I should add, before she actually was elected into parliament, she was actually a prominent figure in the women's suffrage movement. So mm -hmm. the movement mm -hmm. that ended up with women being granted the right to yep. vote. Yeah. So, yep. um, you know, she was probably lobbying this, this guy, the attorney general, for, for that right to vote. And then they won that and she went, okay, move over, I'm <laughs> taking your seat. That's so, incredible. And it's yeah. true, you know, you sort of, you don't realise just how important and how brave those women must have been to yeah. stand up. Go to, up. To, and yeah, stand up. Go to up against them. Yeah, yeah, like that. I mean, you know, now we sort of think, well, yeah, like we have a right to do that. But to, to not, to have no precedent at, before you and just to go, I'm going to try, I'm going to do this yeah. and watch yeah. me go and then, it's just, yeah, I mean, we tell these stories all the time about, you know, firsts and women who have done, yeah. you know, the first woman to this and the first woman yeah. to that. And it's just incredible, you know. The, 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 you know, it's funny. I think the, um, there seems to be a bit of a running theme with really strong women who, you know, when we think of talk speaking up to men, um, how much we get shut down and what yeah. kind of a woman is it that, you know, speaks like that, like, you know, speaks her truth mm. towards men. And I think I've just thought of this. Um, women that grow up on properties, they have a different attitude towards yeah. speaking. And yeah. it was funny when I was in South Africa, um, we, we were chaperoned by um, a local, you have to get chaperoned every time yes. for this particular show that I was doing. And we had this woman, she chaperones um, every season apparently, and she runs a farm. And when we were getting our makeup done, when she wasn't in the room, because she's such a hard talker, I, I absolutely adore the life out of this woman, but she frightened us so much when we first met her. Um, the makeup artist, the local makeup artist who does the makeup every season, she said to me, to us, me and Angie, you don't fuck with those farming women. Like yeah. they are the backbone of everything. Yeah. And you, that, and I was like, just thinking then, Edith Cowan born on a, a property, like yeah. these are the women who they had to live a life of hard yes. working and they would have had to, because that makeup artist was saying, you know, it's the women in the farms in South Africa who yeah. run the um, the staff. 
not the yes. men, not the husbands. Yes. The women yes. are the ones who do the books. They do. Yeah. They tell everyone what to do. So there, this must be a bit of a theme for women who have come from the past and made something of themselves. I think a lot of them have come from um, outback, like working, yeah. working yeah, farms where they just that, yeah. have to talk to you no matter what your sex is. They have to tell you what to do and they're used yeah. to it. So... I reckon she was one of those because oh. you think there's, there was probably nothing polite about her. No, look, I, I think there's, I agree with you 100%. And um, I actually have spent a lot of time in South Africa myself. My, pretty much my entire family is there. Right. And um, there's, um, it's a certain grit that yes. women have. And yes. I've got an aunt who is actually my favourite aunt and she's 81 and similar sort of story, you know, had farms and things and a lot of, I'll call them staff to be respectful. Mm. Um, and same thing, like my auntie could, I'm Portuguese background, my auntie can speak English, Portuguese and Zulu. Wow. And they had um, what's politically correct, African workers, mm. Mm-hmm. And um, she yeah. was like running those boys like yeah. God, better than any man can, and yeah. had three children of her yeah. own and a, a husband. Yeah. And yeah. I agree, it's that it's that grit, and yeah. you know what? It's it's balls. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's funny because um, I'm actually yeah. an only child, and um, I think I have those balls as well. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think certain, any woman who gets yeah. shit done. Most yep. women just get shit done. I think we were yep. talking before, yep. um, the, the sh- before we started recording, but, you know, you saying that the one thing that you observed through doing the show was that it's the women, When I think you said when shit hits the fan, yep. it's the women. The women. Absolutely. Like Step in. world wars, um, depression, unemployment, yeah. you know, yeah. like where... I say we as a collective, you know, we're not sitting back. Our husbands have lost their jobs, for example. And, you know, ironically, with COVID last year, which pretty much hit just after we finished Mm -hmm, filming, mm -hmm. we actually felt quite prepared because it's like we've been through this, we've been through the (laughs) We've been through worse. Yes. (laughs) We're not sitting home. And the women of the time, especially in World War II, didn't sit back and go, well, He's gone off to war. There's no money. We're going to sit here and starve. Yeah, no. no, we they were kept the world going. The we were, I mm. went and worked in a factory. And, mm. Yeah, they, you know, they did all the jobs. They did all the jobs. Scene in the show, okay, mm. I only worked one day. Yeah. But it's <laughs> yes. funny, I went to work in a box factory and it was run by men and there was pretty much men working the factory floor and I could hear the supervisor going turn the machine up make it go faster and I was like mate I have passed three children through my thighs put it on the highest number and I can do it and I did good on you what a dick like a boss lady but yeah you know what you know the um the world war ii all the women kept the world running going and Mm. not only kept it running they actually like excelled there were things that were um done better um not but you know um when the men came back from war um it was the 50s that was a huge marketing ploy done to get the women back 
out of those jobs because they were doing really well and they did a huge, they changed the um, fashion of the women. Um, They made it all the marketing was geared towards, you know, you getting into the kitchen and being really good in there um, and being in the kitchen to give Mm -hmm. the men back their jobs because they, they, were, they couldn't get their jobs back. No. <laughs> we're like, we're doing this that. now. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. really, you know, and in our 50s episode, you see me crying in the kitchen and it's because the social media backlash from that is, oh, she's a princess, she's being a baby, you know, and even to the point where I couldn't sit and have dinner with my husband in the same room. We have dinner together. I'm going to say the five of us. I will say 360 days of the year. Mm -hmm. It is the one time of day when we come together. And it's like, hold on, you're going to take away my career, my freedom, and I can't even sit with him because I'm seen as lower class. Yet last decade, in inverted commas, Mm -hmm. you were off at war, or he was actually interned, but... I was running the family, yeah. the family property and going to work. Yeah. yeah. I really struggled with that. And I can imagine yeah. the women of the time did as well. It's like, hold on, I was making money 10 years ago or yeah. a couple of years ago and now suddenly I'm back in the kitchen. Like, it's amazing, how, really hard. It's amazing yeah. how marketing works because, yeah. you know, we didn't stop it as women. We allowed that to happen. We ended up yeah. all back in the kitchen. And that's yeah. where you can see how the 60s happened in yes. <laughs> the 70s, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and on. Like, you know, we're still fighting to, yeah. in this in a new century. We are still fighting for equality, for even just to be given a job that we are, you know, that we have meritocracy of, Mm -hmm. that we just to get a job based on merit is still an impossibility for some women, that it's still just being given to men because they're men. That blows my mind, you know, that we're still fighting and, but it, it, you know, it's amazing how many women there are that still agree with, yeah, women's having places and, you know, going into the 50s and being brainwashed and conditioned to believe that we are not as strong as we are. Yeah. And, and I struggle we- with that. I have two daughters. So Sienna's mm. 18, Olivia's 13. And we, obviously, my, my children have had an experience that pretty much no one else has. And It comes up all the time, you know, Sienna's at university now, her first year, and, you know, we talk about um, what a privilege that education is. Like, Mm. you have, you know, there are some countries where girls aren't educated at all, and yet, you know, she still kind of looks at her future and she thinks that there are limitations there Mm. because she is a young woman and... I hate that. I yeah. hate that for her. And yeah. I'm trying to, to educate that or yeah. educate her. And, you know, you can do and be whatever you like. But let's be honest, there are still some cultural and societal. Yeah. And still happening in this country. I mean, but it's, it's there, Sienna yeah. and yeah. Olivia that are going to make the change. That, yeah. That's the one thing we have to really instill in them, that you're the ones that can make this change. Yeah. If you believe you can change things, then you can and do it. Yeah. You know, we may not see it in our lifetime, 
That's yeah. the one thing I, I think that's something we have to be really, when we get exhausted about yeah. the fight that we do, is that we may not see the changes uh, while we're alive, but mm. we are sowing seeds yes. for women who will, you know, take from from what we're doing. And it's mm. just these little chip chip. Yeah. Just yeah, like the women who we're... came before us. Exactly. Yes. did all that, you know. So, sorry, we totally just digressed there. Um, <laughs> we got a bit sidetracked. I think, you know, when us three get together, we just can't stop talking. <laughs> Love it. Back to Edith. Yeah, so, um, look, you know, Edith's achievements don't actually stop there. I mean, look, I could talk for two hours. I've just tried to condense it. it as much as I can. But, yeah. you know just to talk about a few of her first, like she was one of the founders of the Karakutta Club, which was actually the first women's social club in Australia. I mean, who would have wow. thought there hadn't been any clubs for women before then? You who know, would have in, thought? In the early 1900s. Oh. Um, she was, I think I mentioned she was prominent in the women's suffrage movement, which led yeah. to women being able to vote and, you know, Edith coming in and kicking the Attorney General up his seat um, and you know the benefit of that and the women's vote was essentially better living conditions for for women and children which is great um, she was a leading advocate for public education which is important mm. and the rights of children especially those of single mothers which yeah you know up until only probably the 70s I'd say you know there was still that um, you know, we don't talk about single mothers and, you know, mm. bastard children, which mm. I, I hate mm. that term. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she she pioneered the rights for them. Mm. And, um, you know, she was actually, um, she actually was one of the people that founded the Children's Protection Society, which oh. was important. And that actually resulted in the creation of the Children's Court. Wow. So, yeah. And I, you know, to go back to her childhood, I, I actually think um, it makes me feel like she must have had it really tough yeah. to be so yeah. passionate about children's rights and, you know, protecting children perhaps absolutely. from um, crazy fathers. And yeah, absolutely. Parents. He would have been beating his new wife every day. Mm, yeah. She would have had to see that. See that. Mm. Exactly. And, um, you know, she was also co-founder of the Women's Service Guild in 1909. And in 1911, she actually helped establish a state branch of the National Council of Women. So um, I, I don't know if I added, but she actually was married. So she did get married. Right. And, um, you know, I wonder, did, she must have had quite a supporting husband to be able to go on and do these do sort these of things, things. Mm. years ago. But, you know, I kind of, I read that about her and I thought, you know, was he going to the pub with his mates and his mates kind of giving mm. him a nudge and, mm. you know, your, your woman's a bit of a troublemaker. You need to shut her down. You know, mm. I can just imagine yeah, totally. those conversations, you know, yep. and I'm hoping he kind of stood up to them and said, nah, i got a good chick here. She's, yeah. she's awesome. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Not, so, yeah. Um, Not be intimidated by her yeah. balls. Yeah. So, inspired. Yeah. So, yeah, hundred wow. years later, she's got um, a university in WA yes. named after yes. her. She's yep. on our fifty dollar note. Yep. She, um, I believe there's a hospital or a hospital wing in WA named after her. So she, mm -hmm. she really did pave the way for all the amazing women that came after her. Yeah, 
Yeah, she really did. There's, yeah. I mean, Love we it. know we know the name Edith Cowan, and yeah. but all of that I did not know. So yeah. you know that that's another reason why we do Chickstree because the history books are written by men for men, and yeah. you know there is like stuff men. exactly. Mm. So there's stuff in there that not that's not in there that needs to be in there and that's yeah. that's part of it like we need to be learning about her at school we should have already known what she did 100 yes. yeah. it's funny also that you mentioned the single mothers because we did um we did a story last week after i watched brazen hussies you know that abc which is amazing um so we're talking you know she was sort of doing all of this in the early 1900s but in the in 1972 Mm. there was a woman who um one the the woman that we featured last week was big on kind of you know abortion beatrice faust um really big on abortion rights but there's a woman in that show that talks about so this is the 70s this is you know 60 50s vintage She's, yeah, same. She, um, she tells a story of, of being um, pregnant or not knowing she was pregnant, actually, and her husband is travelling to go to ask her parents for her hand mm-hmm. in marriage and on right. the way he is in a car accident and, and sadly dies. Oh. So she then later finds out a couple of weeks later that she's pregnant and she doesn't, she doesn't want to have an abortion. She doesn't want to, she wants to have the baby. And so she... But she's told at every turn, every turn, you can't keep this child. You have to you give can't this be child a single mum. You can't be a single mother. You have to give this, you know, and and he actually said, um, the, one of the doctors says, if he loved you that much, he wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have left you. Yeah. He wouldn't have left oh, you. He wouldn't have left you. Those like, words just, and what? that's in the 70s. Yeah, the 70s. Yeah. Oh, it and just she, makes me yeah. so mad. So yeah. she then went on to campaign for, um, for single, single mother rights. Yes. Is, yeah. 50 years yeah. later, she's organising little meetings in a lounge room and she said 11 women turned up and she was over the moon, you know. <laughs> oh, 11 fantastic. single mothers turned yeah. up. and But that's, that's 60 years. Do you think there was no single mother's pension? Yes. No, they they used yes. to work. <laughs> like they yeah. just struggled. They just yeah. struggled with, oh, I, I can't even imagine. And yeah, everything that, before yeah. that. Yes, and exactly. There was the the um, societal, I guess, the view of them were, you know, well, no one's going to marry you now, and no one's going to take damaged goods now. The embarrassment for their families. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the shame, and I just, God, like I, I'm of the the mindset that every child is a gift, and Mm -hmm. with my business especially, like um, every problem has a solution every single pro that is my attitude to life and sometimes the solution isn't what you want it to be mm-hmm. but i just look it's these amazing women that really have paved the way for for us today and yeah. you know future generations and hopefully we can yeah we can Keep play it. a small part in that as well yeah but, um did she have the baby by the way she did she did oh good Good. <laughs> yeah, that's she good did. She did. Yeah. Um, well, that's incredible. What a what an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's been such a delight to have yeah. you. Yeah, um, you. And like you said, I think in your notes you sent to me, you are a natural born storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. And like, what an incredible experience for you. Like, experience, like you're probably the one person on the 
planet, you and you and the other family in yeah. um, the UK, who were able to experience what it was like throughout yeah. all of all of yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's incredible. What was it incredible. like wearing a corset? Um, it was a nightmare. Yeah. So, um, so we oh, talk but, about those a bit on the show about how yeah, how, look, how they oh, used to kill it, women. Yes. To put it in perspective, the the kind of purple number that I wore um, in the early 1900s, there were six layers. Fuck that. Yeah. So five underneath that two-piece suit thing, it was 45 degrees and we were out no. in the country. So, there, so no. before the corset even goes on, there's like a silk petticoat thing and then the corset. And I actually had an original 1900s um, uh, corset on and it had whale boning in it. Yep. And look, I've had three kids. I'm in my late 40s. There's a bit of extra padding there. That thing, okay, what it does for your figure is amazing, but you cannot breathe. It's not worth it. It's you not worth it. It's a shirt and a top and a jacket and you kind of can't bend over yeah. to pick up anything. Off the floor. Like no. it was really uncomfortable. And then I do like a million squats a day to keep my backside small. What did I have to do? Put extra padding in there. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. again, it was all about women looking yeah. like women and that hourglass figure. And yeah. by the way, you've got to cook and clean and yeah. garden and look after cows and things in that outfit. Mm. And it's try really and pretty like that shit's hard. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like even how would you pick up a child wearing that as oh, well? Like oh, it's yeah. And it, look, Jeez. it took um, it took the the clothing makers a good kind of two decades to realise that hey, we live in Australia, not the UK, and woolen suits Big. for men and women are just not two, a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> two decades. And then Imagine in the twenties, I have to add this in women kind of became androgynous and everything was loose. And oh, I had yes. to wear this garment that flattened my boobs to look like a man and not a woman. Like it was such wow. a dramatic yeah. change. Like my girls were hanging down near my belly button. <laughs> like literally. It's amazing though. You were, how women were forced to look this way, then forced to look so that, that way. way. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, um, to look like a, you know, what someone has thought what a woman should look like. Like, yeah, of course, like, it made you look like a woman's body. We're like, no, a woman's body looks like a woman's body and we come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that incredible how we it just... And who says what a woman's body is supposed to look like? Exactly. And it was almost like women kind of in the 1900s and 10s got a bit too sexy. So let's make you look like a man. Yeah, and then yes. you had that whole flapper movement, which yes. my daughter was involved in, where the dresses were shorter and there was a tiny little bit of cleavage and God forbid, arms um, also. Mm. And, you know, they were seen as these Losy, promiscuous women that would never find a husband. Yeah. And um, yeah. honey, you need to go to the clubs now in 2021 and like. Oh, look, you don't. I mean, I. And you know what? It was men making all the decisions. Well, that's it. And it still yes. is. It yes. still is. Yeah. Women wearing what they wear now to a club yeah. Yeah. is to attract. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. It's like just dress for yourself and dress yeah, how you want to look. If that's how you want to look, fucking go for it. Yeah. You know, get in there and 
but yeah, you know, yeah. when you're standing outside the club, freezing your ass off, yeah, mm-hmm, and um, having to suck everything in and hold everything, yeah, up, maybe yeah. question Don't eat why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one thing I love. I remember turning forty, and my friends went, "Well, you can buy your Birkenstocks now." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, "Oh, comfortable sh- footwear." Yes. Okay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> so I have one last question for you, sure. um, and you probably get this all the time. But if you could live in one era, oh, what would you choose? Look, mm, look, I will say the twenties. The twenties were so much fun. They looked like fun. A lot of sparkle and earrings and jewelry, and it was that decade of okay, we're done with the war and all the hard stuff and yep. let's make sugary treats and cocktails and entertain our friends. And yes. it was, you know what? The 20s was great. Fun, yeah. yeah. It looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah. And you, you had, had a record 80s. player? Decadence. Sorry? You had a record player? I, we did. I was so excited. Music. Uh, like Yes, music and fun. And the end of that episode we um which I actually watched last night, funnily enough. Like we had the we had the cocktail party and we had our friends and I mean, look, admittedly the twenties was a bit of a decade of wastage when it came to food because I was making yeah. food sandwiches yeah. and things. But I think I think people just let loose. Um, it was excess. It was like the eighties. Yeah, it's the yeah. same. Like when yeah. you after you've had you know, something bad, then you go crazy. Yeah, so but yeah, it um, would have been a better episode, our decade to live in than any of yeah, the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. I've loved this chat. We could, I feel like we could just sit and chat for hours. And oh, if you too. come to Melbourne, we definitely need to go. Oh, out I'll hold you to that and have yeah. a vino. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we really, really hope to see you back on the screen soon. Yeah, I can't wait for season um, three. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks thank so you much. so much for coming on. We really no, thank you it. for having me and for, you know, for giving me this voice and, you know, not only to share our story, but to share Edith's, you know, next time you're, you're paying your groceries with mm. your 50 bucks, you know, just, pineapple. just give, her little, give her a little wink and a thank you because oh, it, yes. it's, it's women like Edith and all the women that all, you know, all the chicks that you focus on that have kind of paved the way for us and yeah. um, you know i'm grateful to them and i'm grateful to you guys oh thank you thank you thank you so much and send all of our love to your family your beautiful I family i yeah. will i will look at you you've got to the end so if you're still listening i'm just going to give you a few little credity bits executive producers of this podcast is me evie jones and of course annie potatoes But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.